to the ground. Now let's go. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. First Godwin. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Godwin scores the first of 2021. What a drive by Tom Brady of the Buccaneers. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Do what cable can't with Frontier Fiber Optic Internet. Visit Frontier.com to learn more. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome to Buccaneers Total Access. So excited to be joined by cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting, who has gone too long from our hearts and the field. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the media star himself, Sean Murphy Bunting. I'm back. <laughs> yes, I'm back. sir. I appreciate it. I remember your rookie year. I always speak to the rookies about media stuff, and you even at the end volunteered, like, if you need a show, co-host. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and you were not wrong. No. You have been just such a go-to guy. You're fun. You're funny. You're insightful. You're it's, just the perfect co-host here. The offer still stands if you are up for it. Yeah. Casey and Sean show. It's going to happen. I like like right now, this is our test run. We're we going to replace we Carmen and put Sean. And there you go. Put Sean in Coffee there. Coffee with Casey and Sean. Casey and Sean. That sounds perfect. Yep. Um, okay. So tell me, first of all, we're going to talk about the game yesterday, and then we're going to talk about all things Sean Murphy Bunting. So. Gotcha. This game, uh, defense forcing five turnovers on a team that led the league in turnover margin. How good does that feel and to hear and to be a part of? What What do you feel like was working so well on that front for you guys? Yeah, um, you know, those guys are really doing a good job of getting after the quarterback, you know, knocking him off his spots, um, you know, getting the ball out, punching the ball out by Mike, uh, the interception by Antoine, which is one of the best interceptions I've seen yeah. um, in a long time. But uh, it was just a big emphasis, you know, for us the whole week um, going against those guys because of how aggressive they were on defense and how much, you know, they caused turnovers. Um, so our big thing was, um, you know, trying to eliminate, obviously, us giving the ball away to them, um, but taking the ball away from them as much as we could. So um, I think our guys did a really good job of that, emphasizing just taking away the ball. Yeah, and how important did those plays feel in the moment, you know, whether it was the Shaq strip sack fumble recovery, Antoine's interception, it felt like those the turnovers were what changed the momentum of the game to find the game. Did it feel like that on the field? Absolutely. You know, I was actually going to say it was just big momentum changes for us. Um, you know, Shaq's was a big turnover um, that got us, you know, momentum going forward. Mike's was the same way. Antoine's was the same way. So, I mean, like, honestly, it's just, like you said, momentum changes and then, you know, giving our offense uh, the ball again, putting the ball back in Tom's hands and, you know, letting them do what they do. And run defense we knew was going to be a huge factor against Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. And you guys, outside of that last drive where he got 58 yards, outside of that, I mean, this guy who was in the MVP conversation, you guys had held the 30 yards almost the entire game. Um, How proud of of that were you guys and and just what it felt like to be a part of that run defense out there and knowing how big a deal that was to the Colts? You know, honestly, um, playing in this defense with those guys up front, that's really expected, you know, so I'm not as surprised as a lot of people are because that's what they do on a day-in and day-out basis. But, you know, I just know how much those guys dedicate, you know, time to stopping the run and how much they take pride in not allowing people to run run through them or run on our defense at all. So, um, and that starts from the front, uh, the front guys down, and then that goes back to the back end and along with some of the safeties as well because they're uh, in the box as well too. And so I think guys just play off each other, guys feed off each other, and it, it, it helps. Yeah, and especially having a guy like Vita back. I mean, of all games, to get him back, that was a good one. And uh, explain what he means to this defense, even to you guys on the back end, and what having him in there changes. Yeah, I, I love Vita. You know, uh, Vita's actually one of my one of my favorite teammates. 
um, just simply because he's, he shows up every day willing to work. Um, he's the same person all the time. I didn't really realize how big Vito was until some point in the game I was standing next to him and I, I had to touch his belly and I said, dang, Vito. Wait, first of all, you had to touch his belly. I have a yeah. lot of questions about this. It was like, you know when like bigger guys are like wearing tighter clothes? <laughs> It was like Are you he saying you Pillsbury Doughboyed him? Is that what you're no, saying? Right no, now? no, no, because hoping he, he was gonna like <laughs> <laughs> No, he was like I didn't realize how big he was. Like I was like I looked at him, I said, Bro, I said, You are huge. <laughs> he was like, Yeah. He was like, Yeah, yeah, hey. So yeah, you are huge, bro. But like he, he requires a double team every play, and if you don't double team him, then he's gonna put the center back with the quarterback. So he makes our job a lot easier. Obviously a lot of those guys make our jobs easier. Um, but Vita's definitely a problem in the middle, um, and he is definitely a force. Did you know when he lost a tooth? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know he lost a tooth. I actually, I saw it, and I was like, "Is he missing a tooth?" But I didn't want to ask because I didn't really know. <laughs> You're like, "Wait, what if this already had and happened?" Then, I yeah, didn't notice. Yeah. And then after the game, that's when I was like, "Bro, where your tooth at?" He's like, "Go look at my Instagram story." <laughs> All right. I also love sorry. your Vita impression. It's oh. really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that deep. I got impressions for everybody. Oh. It's like how I am. I don't know. I, I feel like when I talk, I have to get into character. Oh, yeah. You can't just say it in the Sean voice. Nope. Who are your favorite uh, impersonations then to do? Oh, JPP. <laughs> I like doing JPP. I like doing my AB impersonation. Mike Edwards, to tell you, I do a really good job at all of them. Devin White, I impersonate Devin a lot, but his is more with my actions than my words. Okay, so then let's hear the JPP. <laughs> putting you on the right spot. Now? I'm putting you on the spot. Right now. <sighs> All right. All right, y'all boys. Y'all ready? Y'all ain't ready. Y'all, 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 y'all boys ain't ready. Hold on. And then he says, Sean, can you, can you feel the vibe? I can, I can feel the vibe, Sean. I said, I can feel the vibe, JP. I can feel it. I can feel it. Yeah, <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> that was JP really good. is my guy. That's my guy. That was great. That's I loved that. Okay, so you found out about the tooth later on. Yep. And he, on his Instagram story, asked if he should get a gold one. You think yeah. he should? Uh, absolutely. You voted yes on that? Um, yes. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Just to make sure. Yep. Oh, that's incredible. Um, so how about, we, we talked a little bit about how important the Shaq strip sack fumble recovery was mm-hmm. to the game. Um, how about just, I mean, he is so talented at that, at getting to the quarterback and then also at stripping him. Mm-hmm. Um, what has he meant to the defense and what has it been like to watch him this year and, and ever since he got here, what he can bring? Yeah. Uh, I love Shaq. Um, you know, I think me and Shaq actually grew really close, you know, within this past year. Um, necessarily not, you know, really off the field stuff, but just in the building every day. Shaq's somebody that I uh, communicate with and mess with and talk to every day. Hmm. I told you guys I mess with somebody all the time. Mm-hmm. Usually it's Sue, but since he's had that kids. That seems like a dangerous endeavor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, I love living on the edge, though. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know. You're like, let me, let me pick at the, yeah, the biggest have dude. To. You have to. That's amazing. But he has kids now, so Sue's got a little. He's a little soft now, you know. I wouldn't say the S word, <laughs> but <laughs> you said it, not me. But yeah, Shaq, um, that's my guy. I mean, uh, we trash talk each other probably every day, whether it's about football, whether it's about who can throw the best, whether it's about who can play basketball the best, whether it's about who can cover who. Um, but Shaq's just a, a tremendous player. Um, he shows up, like I said, every day. He's another guy like Vita uh, that shows up every day and just contributes um, his you know, his two cents and his effort into it and makes our defense roll. Um, and I know he plans to get sacks every time he gets in the game. And every time he gets in, he, he goes 110% at the quarterback. So We're talking to Sean Murphy-Bunting. You mentioned your need to compete at all times with mm-hmm. all people. Mm-hmm. There's a chance I have a source 
that knows you very well. Okay. That said, this goes back even to childhood. Okay. And Monopoly. Yes. Is that is that accurate? That maybe things got a little got a little heated with Monopoly and literally every other game, and maybe you even went around to neighborhood kids, just trying to find someone to play against you and things because your own siblings got tired of you. Well, the problem is with my siblings, I feel like I've always won, <laughs> and I feel like whenever it was something about Monopoly or video games. The only way I didn't win is if somebody cheated. Ah. And if they teamed up against me to win. And actually, the last time I played Monopoly, my mom was the one that tried to get me. And I had her playing all night until about 2 or 3 a.m. until she tapped out. And then I won. But she she lost anyway. But <laughs> she lost when she, when she picked up the dice to play me. Yeah. So, see, this. so you have been this competitive your entire life. Oh, yeah. That you were bound to be a professional athlete because otherwise oh, yeah. you'd have lost your mind. Oh, yeah. And that was honestly... I was going to be a professional athlete in some sport because I was really big in baseball uh, growing up. I played travel baseball all the time. My dad was a big, big baseball, baseball, baseball. So I really thought that that was going to be my number one, you know, priority sport. But, you know, life happens, things changes, and then now you're here. Getting high Seems school. like it worked out okay. It definitely worked out. What position would it have been in baseball? Um, I was a middle infielder growing up, but I transitioned to center field in high school um, probably just because I was pretty was really athletic and mm-hmm. I just kind of get around. So I probably would say center field. Do you feel like fielding pop flies would have helped you in terms of like finding the ball for interceptions and coverage? Yeah. Absolutely. You felt like there was some cross uh, training there with sports? Yep. I don't want to throw any shots, but yeah. Oh, please. By oh, all yeah. Means. I would love to. I would love to throw Yeah. Shots. I was going to oh, say, yeah. don't act like all of a sudden well, you're worried about this. <laughs> well, if you, you know, you notice. DBs, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them can't really. They say they can't catch. I think DBs can catch pretty well. Well, um, not like you're biased or anything. No, not like I'm biased <laughs> at all. But you look at guys like, you know, <laughs> I always throw shade at the same guy. You it's do. It's so funny. But you look at guys like me and Mike, right? I knew it. I knew. <laughs> well, it was... baseball, no, Mike's a baseball player. Oh, okay. Baseball, right? Oh, you're for once not throwing shade at Mike here. No, not throwing shade at Mike. Wow. But me and Mike are baseball guys. Uh, I'm not really sure who else in the secondary is a baseball guy. Um, Background-wise, but me and him are so you can tell the way we track balls and things of that nature. But then you look, at, then you look at Dean, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dean's like he tracks a ball just differently than us. That's just all. He just he just tracks it. A little I different. love, but he way. wasn't a baseball guy, so I can see it. Th- that makes sense. And, and so you think this is part of how Mike Edwards ends up with more interceptions oh, yes. per snap than any human? Oh, absolutely. Ever He's a ball hawk. Certified ball. Hawk. Yeah, and it was maybe a baseball hawk was where you think it came from. Yes, that I makes do. sense. He tracks a ball, but he's just a baller though. So Mike can do those things no matter what he looks like. <laughs> that is true, and and I mean talking about a ball hawk, you mentioned this a little bit earlier. Antoine Winfield's yes. interception. Yes. Tell me all the thoughts Please. that went through your head in that moment when you saw him make that play. Okay, thoughts going through my head. Boom! I see him going deep. I see the ball in the air. I see Twan getting a good position. I said, "Let's go, Tweez." In my head, I'm like, "Tweez about to." Get it? I actually thought he's gonna break it up because Twan's a pretty strong guy. He's pretty disciplined. He plays the ball really well. Um, you know, I've never really seen Twan just loss a guy because Twan is five nine. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm looking it takes at it. It's a lot I'm more like, effort okay. to moss somebody yeah, at that height. Yeah. Actually, than than to break it up. So I seen how he was tracking the ball and he was in such good position. But when he went up to high point the ball and how he caught it over his shoulder. Yeah, that would have been a good like, catch even for a wide receiver. Yeah, literally. I was like, dang. So then I took off full speed, and I was going to go hit Pittman. And then I was like, but that would be a shame if I get a penalty. Oh, look at you. A shame. So I just flew by him with my hands up. Oof. Then I tried to turn back around. 
and he was already Twan was already on the other side. So look at you playing that smart football. I bet Coach Ross is very proud of you for that. I hope. I hope. <laughs> You're gonna go back. I was supposed to block the intended receiver, but I thought that was good. Yeah, was good I, I think that was a that might have been a wise move in that moment. Uh, all right, we have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. Casey Phillips here with Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, we were talking about this game against the Colts, and I know that uh, Devin ended up having to miss part of the game, and uh, you know he had been questionable during the week with an injury and then got injured partway through the game. Um, what does it mean to you guys having him out there versus not just what he what he brings and uh, what you miss when he's not out there? Yeah, Devin is um, what people may say our heartbeat. You know, Devin keeps a lot of things running. He keeps the back end and the front end connected in a lot of ways, um, not only through communication but through his energy. And uh, he brings a lot of energy, brings a lot of excitement. Um, he communicates really well, and you know he's going to give everything he has. So. Um, I know for me it's a lot easier when I'm tracking the tackle and I know I got Devin coming from the inside of me um, because more than likely that they're not going to juke back inside. Yeah, like they're like, <laughs> so, no, thank you. So it makes my job a lot easier when I'm, you know, tracking a tackle or things like that. So um, Devin is another guy that's just a baller. You know, we came in together, um, grew together, bonded together. Um, you know, we had our losses at the early, you know, rookie year, but then we kind of prevailed and kind of, you know, been winning and doing things like that. So grateful to have him as one of my one of my teammates one of my brothers yeah another one of your uh draft class mates scotty miller came back another guy that had been out with you uh Mm -hmm. injured for a little bit how exciting was it to see him back out there and to get to recover that muffed kick yeah me and scotty spent a lot of time together obviously (laughs) (laughs) through the rehab process um working out together every day but it was actually really really uh exciting seeing scotty back out there um drawing that pi that he drew uh, making that play on special teams um, because I just know Scotty's a guy that's going to put his head down and just work. Not really going to say too much, um, but do you know what he's asked of at, at a very high level. So, your draft class—it is amazing the success you guys have had and how many guys you know hit on for this this draft. And I mean, I you you and Mike and Scotty and Devin and Dean. I mean, it's just incredible. What is that? And especially so many of you on the defensive mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you guys have had such success as a group and? How has that benefited each of you individually, having all of you guys come in together? Yeah, um, it was, it's, it's been really good. You know, can't forget about my guy, Nelly. Um, oh, yes, of course. You know, I can't forget about Nelly. But um, it's been, I, I think that we've all grown together. We've all gotten so close to the point where um, we were able to lean on each other throughout the earlier years of our careers. Um, saying that like we've been playing. Yeah, you sound like you're this old man now. <laughs> but back, you, you way know. back in the day when we walked uphill both ways to the practice facility. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but it's been cool, you know. It's been really nice, you know, just being able to compete with these guys, whether it's Scotty, being able to compete with Scotty, or, you know, being able to compete with Dean, whether it's who gets the most interceptions and Mike and who gets the most interceptions and uh, things of that nature. But I think that, you know, everybody's kind of coming to their own and, and kind of establishing their identity in the league. You know, Nelly got his sacks, uh, what was it, last game, I believe, or the game before yeah, that? Yeah, the two two games in a row yep. right before, so, yeah. So, you know, everybody's starting to uh, really click and really produce. And, you know, we're, I know for a fact that we're all just really trying to prove our, you know, owners and GMs right, that they made the, the right decision on, on getting us and bringing us together to take this program and turn, turn it in turn the around. right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're talking to Sean Murphy Bunting here. And, 
Levante has now had 17 fumble recoveries since entering the league in 2012, mm -hmm. the most in the NFL during that time span. Mm -hmm. What makes him so good at forcing fumbles, recovering fumbles, and then just overall what it's like? I love what you said about what how it helps you playing alongside Devin. Yeah. Similar question about Levante. Okay, Vontae. Vontae is in his prime. That's what it is. Vontae is in his prime. Um, but he doesn't age. He, yeah. might, he might try to act like he's old, and he might say some smart things like, oh, man, I'm this, this, this. But he's really young. Vontae's young. <laughs> young at heart. But he's so smart, and he's so um, just dedicated to being the best and being the best leader uh, that we could possibly have. <clears throat> um, you know, Vontae communicates so well with me when we're on the field because most of the time his drops are – he's the guy that's right next to me. Um, and so his drops are always good. He perfects his drops each and every week. He comes in with a mindset that he's going to do this, this, and this, and he does it. Um, but like Devin, just always at the ball. He's always trying to make a play and make a turnover and get the ball back in our offense hands. But that energy and that drive never stop. Yeah, and speaking of energy, uh, Fournette mm -hmm. or Four Tutties. Lenny Four. Lenny Four is how he will. I, I never had the, has there been a person with more nicknames <laughs> at this point than Leonard Fournette. Um, what an incredible game. Yeah. What was that like to watch uh, from the sideline while he was in there? Oh, man. Lenny's a, a tough, tough back to take down. Just his progression from when he first got here till now, um, you know, his attitude, his demeanor, uh, his work habits, everything has gone in a arrow pointing up direction. Um, he just hasn't looked back. I mean, he comes to work every day. He brings entertainment. He brings excitement. He's fun to be around. Uh, he's very, very, very funny. Hmm. Uh, such a trash talker. Really good trash talker, mm. actually. But, um, you know, he just he's he's a work a workhorse. He get the ball and he gonna try to run you over. Um, but he's got the feet to get past you and juke you. So he's very, very talented, and he's only getting better. Are you a trash talker? Yes. I love that there's like, no hesitation. So I feel like guys sometimes try to be like, oh, I, only if I'm instigated. They try to, like, act like it's not a thing. I love that yeah. you just owned it. Like, yes, absolutely, yeah. 100%. you got to always pick and choose, though. Pick and choose when you want to trash talk, who you want to trash talk to. And so how do you make those decisions? Uh, I guess it just depends on who it is. Mm -hmm. you you know? just, if you're just irritated at them? If I'm in the mood to trash talk, I might just start the morning off by trash talking just to wake you up. <laughs> if, <laughs> if I'm in the mood, if I'm not in the mood to trash talk at that moment, I'll probably be in the mood to trash talk later, so I'll wait. So it's so a it time of day thing. It'll know? come. Yeah, it'll definitely come. At some point during the day, that's it'll happening. I come. love that. So who would you say are the best ones on the team? The best trash talkers? Yep. AB. Ooh. AB's a good one. He, yep. he gives me some fuel, so I have some stuff that I got in the back of my head. Oh, you, pr you prepare ahead of time. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. When he says stuff sometimes, I, I take what he says, and I just use it later on down <laughs> the road. But I add my own flavor. <laughs> so AB's a really good trash talker. Um. Fournette, he's a really good trash talker. I like Nacho. Nacho's not really a trash talker, but Nacho just says some stuff. you like, what? He's not but a trash talker. Hilarious. He's a talker. He yeah, just talks yeah, yeah, all the yeah. time. But like him, Rashad, Rashad Robinson, I don't know if you got a chance to really talk to Rashad. He's he's funny. Yeah. He's a trash talker. I though. love that. We're talking to cornerback um, Sean Murphy Bunsen. Um, yeah. And then I know with, I mean, outside of Fournette, Gronk, the other offensive guy mm -hmm. that just – Robbie the gift G. that kept on giving that game, 123 yards. Yes. Um, I loved seeing how a lot of people were calling it a vintage Gronk game, and he saw that and said, oh, I'm, oh, vintage, I'm vintage now. now. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. that. I saw that. I love that. So tell me uh, your thoughts on the vintage uh, Gronk 123-yard game. Gronk, man. Gronk has always been a beast, and, uh, you know, he's just now he's comfortable. I guess he's just playing ball. I mean, Gronk's always the same guy each and every day. And um, you know what you're going to get out of Gronk, and that's hard work and 
he gonna try to ball. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how else to say um, anything about Gronk. I mean, his resume speaks for itself, but um, you know, just seeing it up close and personal, I, I think that everything that he says that he is, he definitely is. Yeah. What did you learn seeing it up close and personal, and, and going against him in training camp and practice and stuff? What are the things that you maybe didn't even know to appreciate, or what made him so good until you actually got on that field with him? Yeah, when I first got on the field with Gronk, I didn't really realize how big Gronk really was, you know. And I honestly did you go think poke he, him in the stomach like I he think, did Vita? No, 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 I didn't do that to Gronk. <laughs> I think Gronk actually got bigger, like not bigger in a way where he got like bigger, but I mean like thicker. Yeah, like, he got more like in football uh, shape because when I when I first met Gronk, it was when uh, him and Tom first got here that summer, and so he'd you know, come off not playing football for a bit. Exactly, yeah. so he was a little more lean. Um, but I didn't realize how well he moved at the size that he was, so I had to adjust to that quick. But, um, you know, once you go against a guy like him, everybody else should be pretty easy, pretty pretty much easier. I wouldn't say easy, but they should be easier than, than going against one of the greats. Yeah, and I have to imagine you love having his personality around. Absolutely, absolutely. Gronk, Gronk gives me happiness every day. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, Gronk has something good to say. I, so I love, love that. To hear that. That's amazing. So now, let's talk a little bit about you coming back from injury. Um, yes. Tell me about the idea of how you felt these last couple games. For one thing, I know the first game back, mm-hmm. you were supposed to get eased back in, and mm-hmm. you said, no, thank you. I've been sitting too long. Please play me a trillion snaps. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it was just, like you said, I mean, I've been out for so long, and, um, you know, that can really weigh in on a person that's never really been out because of injury so um you know the whole thing for me was just kind of staying mentally in it you know it would be days where I was I would be frustrated obviously that I couldn't be out there that I've been tugged and pulled on and rehab or doing something like that getting my elbow to straighten in like that stuff was terrible Ugh. you know it was it was something that I really never ever dealt with um but luckily I had good people around me you know I had the, not only my family but even the trainers here um you know Pete did a really good job of just kind of keeping me sane I guess because it would be days where I would come in and I just wouldn't even talk put my headphones in put a towel over my face and just act like I was asleep or something just so nobody would bother me just because I was just frustrated you know but um, like I said Pete did a really good job and everybody else in that trainer room did a really good job of just keeping me kind of level-headed and then I had guys like AP and uh, MJ and Wade and Raj that were in the training room and the staff room that kind of just kept me in shape and that that was tough too because they were working me harder than I've worked in a long time so that that kept me level too so I mean I, I just think that everybody did a really good job of um you know just trying to fight and get me back on the field so I'm forever grateful for that what do you remember about when you realized you were going to be out for quite a long time about what what went through your mind and, and the hardest part of that yeah so at the beginning I didn't really know um for about two or three weeks I didn't know if I was going to have to get season end surgery or if I was going to be willing to fight back and just get strength and conditioning back and kind of rehab that. So um, those first two or three weeks was pretty tough because, um, like I said, I, I had no idea. <clears throat> um, but obviously I was being optimistic about it. I wanted to play. I wanted to come back. Um, so it was going to be a, a tough decision that I was going to have to make. Um, and then once I got my um, – what is it called? My – I don't know, from the doctors, uh, when they their suggestions basically – uh, was saying that they didn't think that I would need to get the surgery and that they wouldn't recommend me getting the surgery. So that kind of made me more uh, uplifting. And then um, it was more about that, just attacking rehab and, and just really focusing on making sure my body was going to be good enough to play once we all got back. And um, 
that was really it, just focusing and just putting my head down and kind of just trying to get back on the field. Yeah, and I feel like there's there's multiple aspects to coming back from an injury. There's mm -hmm. the actual physical idea of mm -hmm. being ready, right. but then there's the knock and rest off, getting right. back in true football shape. What were the things that now that you've had two games under your belt being back, what were the things that were the most challenging to come back with that injury? Um, obviously tackling. You know, I think for the first, like, four or five weeks, I wasn't even able to lift with my right arm. I could only lift with my left. So I was only lifting weights with my left arm and my legs. <laughs> so, like, I wasn't really – but it actually translated over. My right arm was pretty strong once we started uh, lifting with my right. But I would say tackling was something that I was, like – we're going to just see because I couldn't, can't tackle my teammates. I can wrap right. them up, but I can't take them to the ground. So tackling was going to be one of the things, how physical I was going to be able to be um, on blocks and everything. Um, I didn't really have any concerns necessarily because of how much I trusted the, the team and everybody that said that my elbow would be okay, uh, especially with the brace on. Mm -hmm. But it was more so, like you said, just getting those reps back under my belt, just getting tackles. And, I mean, I was out for two and a half months or two months or something like that. Um, but just tackling, um, punching the ball out, just being comfortable with just doing things like that. Um, and then obviously getting the live reps of going against somebody one-on-one -on -one as opposed to just me and Scotty, yeah. you know, on the field messing around or stuff like that. So I just have to really just get, get it under my belt. I mean, I've only played two full games this year, so that's really crazy to think about for me because yeah. we only have, like, what, five or six games left. Yep. So I'm like, I only two games in. So, I mean, you know, last game I got – Obviously, you know, I'm expecting teams to target me and teams to throw at me and teams to do that. Um, so they had some good things that they were putting together yesterday earlier on in the game. So I was able to try to figure my way out through that because, it's like I said, it's been a while since, you know, I've had to really be in the fire like that. Um, but I adjusted, and then I bounced back, and then everything was all good. How did you feel like you played these two games in terms of your expectations and uh, what you've wanted to do in terms of being ready the rest of this year? Yeah, so I think the first game I came back, I think I played pretty well. Um, there was a couple of plays I left out there that I wish I could get back. Um, and that's honestly for both games. But I think the first game I had energy was there, excitement was there. You know, the feel of being at home was there. So, like, in my my, I was, my head was, like, up here. You know, I was at the sky because I was just up. so ready to go. Um, and then last game, I want to say the same thing, obviously. Cause my, it was my first away game, you know, being on the road. So, now I kind of see what everybody means when they say bring your own energy and find your own juice and all that thing. So um, I think I start off the game all right. I mean, I, 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 for me, I feel like I start off kind of slow in a couple instances where I could have done better in certain positioning. Um, but like I said, as the game went on, I got more and more comfortable and, you know, we started playing, playing ball. All right, well, we still have one more, a couple more segments coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters with Sean Murphy Bunting. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. We are here with cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting. We were just hearing about his rehab process and coming back. Um, I have to ask what it was like when you watch guys just dropping like flies on the defense. That It's one thing for you to get hurt, and yeah. then you're already out and you're hurt, and then you're just watching team. I think I even remember hearing you say in the hallway one day, like, oh, another fallen soldier as someone oh, walked man. by you that had, that had dropped. What man. was that like to watch and to just try to – how did that even affect how you felt about you being out? I think it was more of a 
you know, once I started seeing guys get hurt, it was kind of a thing where I felt like I had to be more present in the building as far as in the meeting rooms and things like that because we were going to have new guys around and we are going to have new guys in the system. I felt like it was my job, obviously, being out to make sure that once these guys got into the system that they were comfortable and knew that they had a bunch of guys around them that cared about winning and not only winning but cared about being the best player that they could possibly be. So I think that, you know, it was very tough seeing guys fall, but at the end of the day, I feel like everybody that came in, um, D. Delaney, Pierre Desir, um, you know, Rashad, everybody came in, Sherm, obviously, um, but everybody came in and I think they exceeded expectations by just keeping up with the defense and not making it seem like we dropped the guy, you know. So I would say that they they were very accountable and they um, came to work every day. Yeah, and I would love to hear about guys like, you know, not only Jamel, but, you know, mm-hmm. he's a starter a lot of times, but guys like Ross Cockrell, D. Delaney, mm-hmm. Pierre Desir, um, what were the things that impressed you the most about them or just what they ended up having to do, the, the challenges of that? Yeah, so Ross, obviously, Ross has been around longer than those guys, but Ross has come in and out of games, contributed um, in, in many, many games we've won. Um, but Ross is just always the same person each and every day. You know, he's always, you know, Ross, when I was at Nickel last year, Ross was um, helping me and making sure that I was in the right spots in my drops and making sure that I – was playing the right techniques and things like that, so he was always correcting me and making sure that I was uh, doing well. It was like having my own little personal coach. Mm. Um, but so we stayed on each other, and then obviously with D and with Pierre, you know, Pierre's been in the league for a while. D's been in the league for a while, but hasn't really played much. Um, so I know he was antsy to get on the field, um, but they just, I mean, they like I said, it was an X man up mentality. They came in, they learned the defense fast, um, and they stuck to it. I mean, they, they were focused, they were disciplined, they communicated, and it resulted in us still winning games. So, um, like I said, there's just not a – we couldn't fall down or fall off because we lose a guy or two or, or three. Um, we just had to keep going, and whoever came in had to be ready. And injuries are always unfortunate and can always be difficult, especially when they are clustered at a position group. Mm-hmm. But in particular, why do you think it is challenging for a team for corner to be the position that you're losing so many guys? Corner's just not a really an easy position to play, I would say. Um, I think that, it, especially in this system, you just got to know where your help is at all times, and you just got to be um, – I think reps help a lot. When you have a lot of reps under you, you, you kind of feel like you've seen certain things, so you can play things a certain way. You know what can and can't work. Um, but corner's just a, a position where you got to get adjusted to it. you got to have a, a short memory. Um, you're going to give up touchdowns. You're going to get beat. You're going to get ran over. You're going to get mossed. Everything's going to happen if you play football long enough. So – um, just, I think it's just a, a, a tough position because it's more mental than it is anything else uh, outside of technique, obviously, and film work. But uh, the mental really has to be there. If it's not, then it, it would definitely show. And speaking of someone who is uh, good at the mental side of things, Richard Sherman mm-hmm. gets brought in here, knows this game mm-hmm. inside, outside, backwards, forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you know about him ahead of time or remember from watching him even? And I, I imagine he's a guy that you – uh, was there maybe some fanboying going on when he got here? <laughs> uh, you know, I try my best to to not be like a fanboy, and I try to make it seem like you know we're equals. You know, yeah. you're my teammate. <laughs> but in reality, you've been playing this game for such a long time, and you're a legend, you're a hall of famer. Um, so obviously, I'm gonna ask questions that most people wouldn't ask because you don't ever you don't get this chance every day, you know. So, um, but Sherm came in. He kind of let us know, like, look, man, if you guys need anything, you need to know something, you want me to tell you anything, you need me to teach you anything, I will. You know, I'm an open book. 
And so when he did that, that kind of made us all at ease because we knew that we could go to him for a lot of things um, that we necessarily wouldn't want to go to our coach for or something like that. Um, but he's just done a tremendous job of making sure that our corners and our safeties were together. We communicated. We played hard. Um, we were we knew where we were going to be in each um, situation, each position. Um, and then obviously just having all that under his belt and all the things that he's accomplished, I mean, that makes that gives us a lot of credibility in our in our corner room and our secondary. So um, thankful and grateful for him to have him around. Um, he just continues to keep helping us each and every day. We're talking to cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting, and you talked about the questions that you will ask him. Mm-hmm. What what would be an example of some of those things that you would want to know from a guy like him? Um, outside of you know route recognition and which what he sees when this guy does this or when two goes in or when one comes out and things like that, um, out of football terms. But it's just like me and him play a very similar technique in our press man, so uh, we're more like lateral guys as opposed to moving backwards. So I I kind of can ask him like. When you're, what rhythm step are you using? How are you reading this? What angle are you taking when he gives you this type of release? Um, and things like that. So I get a lot of technical, um, I give more technical questions to Sherm than I do anything else. And then even when we're in the locker room, just hanging around, we're talking about life, you know, just asking him, like, Sherm will always tell you, if he, if he sees you have a chain on, he's gonna say, you got a house yet? <laughs> you know, like, he makes, he wants to make sure that you are financially putting yourself in a situation where you're gonna be successful when, football is over you know making sure that your mindset is not only focused on all this money now and blowing it and doing this and this but making sure you're putting it in the right places um, and trusting the people around you and making sure you have the right people around you to make sure your business is mm-hmm. going as well yeah so that's a that's a huge asset and yeah. uh does he rub that stanford degree in, in people's faces a little bit you know what? I actually haven't heard him rub the Stanford degree in anybody's face yet, but I'm sure that he might if the time, if he needed to, because Sherman is also a top ten trash talker of all time. Oh so, yes. You know, I never, you never know what he what he'll say or what he'll do. I bet if it's Stanford trash talk, it's going to be like next level. Like he's going to be using big words. Yeah. <laughs> big words. Yeah. That's amazing. He, <laughs> instead like, of trash what? talk, he calls it loquacious. Yeah, chat, yeah you know? gonna say some <laughs> crazy stuff. You're going to be like, ha ha ha. He's like, wait, what? I don't understand. Yeah. That's, that's, gonna be that's amazing. Um, and so for uh, for you, I I love the timing that I decided to bring you on the show for because all of mm-hmm. a sudden now I get to chat with you about being in an accidental text thread with yes. some kids yes. back in Michigan. Uh, <laughs> for people who haven't heard the story, tell them what happened. Long story short, I was just in my locker. I was chilling, and then I went um, to grab my phone. I looked at my phone, and I seen that I was in a group chat. But all the numbers in the group chat looked very similar to mine, which is rare I guess because I, I'm never really in group chats like that but it was like 20 people so I'm looking at the group chat and I'm like who is like who are these people and why I thought it was like a spam thing at first and then they started typing a lot so they started typing back and forth and then they're like are you going to be there or something something and then they're all saying their names and then I said I was asking like what is this like who yeah. who is this and they're like the basketball team and I was like what basketball team they're like the high school basketball the freshman basketball team and I'm like the freshman basketball team so then <laughs> You didn't thinking, know you'd been drafted to a freshman basketball yeah, team. Yeah, so look, no, they were, I think they were talking about practice or a meeting yeah. or something. So then I'm like, freshman basketball team? I'm like, maybe it's my high school. You know, maybe yeah. my coach didn't put me in a group chat or gave my number to these kids and he wants me to talk to them or something. I had no idea. So I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, well, they're like, who is this? Like, who am I? And I was like, I'm Sean. And they were like, no, you're Luca. I'm like, who is Luca? You're they're, like, they're like, they're like, Luca, stop kidding. <clears throat> I'm like, I'm not joking. 
I'm like, I'm, I'm Sean. They're like, Sean who? And I'm like, Sean Murphy Bunting. They're like, he was like, Luca, stop kidding. And then another kid was like, dude, are you guys stupid? And then he's like, what? He's like, that's the guy that plays in the NFL. Oh, my God. And then I was like, no, I don't think I said anything after that. And then they were like, no, it's not. That's Luca. And I'm like, dude. I'm not Luca. Like, I don't know who Luca is. I don't Luca, know how else to tell you I don't this. know who Luca is, but, like, they're like, send the pic. And I was like, all right. So then I was sitting in my locker, and I sent the picture. Like, I'm like, geez. You know, and then he was like, oh, my God, no way. Dude. Everyone's like, freaking out. Yeah, and then they were like, um, if you're around if you're, if you're around Fournette or Leonard Fournette, please tell him to do good on fantasy. Oh, my God. So I actually did. I was like, all right. So I was around him, so I was like, yo. I was like, these, these kids want me to tell you you're doing good on fantasy. He was like, who's that? You're like, I don't and even I was know. Like, Bro, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know if, because I, I, I'm pretty sure it said join. So I think somebody else might have started the chat or the FaceTime. Mm-hmm. But then I just joined it because I'm like, let me see who this is. So then I joined. And I'm like, oh, my God. This then I showed is- Leonard. Like, oh. <laughs> and then Leonard went over and showed Tom and Gronk and everything. Oh. They got to FaceTime with yeah. the whole Buck squad. It was dope. It was dope. It that was is cool. so cool. I, I love that. I think cool. that there are a lot of players who would not have done what you did. Yeah. They would have just ignored it. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't have joined the FaceTime. Yeah. And I feel like this is just so evident of who you are, that you're a guy that just seeks out fun and, yeah. you know, entertainment for it, that you want to enjoy your job, enjoy life. You're always down for a laugh, always down for this. How do you feel like that has – where does it come from and how does that affect who you are on this team? Um, I think it just comes from the way I was raised. You know, I was raised by two loving parents that really just gave me, you know, the motivation and the inspiration to kind of be who I want to be and do what I want to do. Um, having the siblings around me that I had, they've always pushed me and competed with me and everything like that. But it's always been fun, you know, and um, I think, you know, guys will tell you even around the building, I'm just I'm just the same all the time. Some people, <laughs> my coach Ross called me Norman. Because he thinks that I'm crazy. He thinks that I'm, like, psycho sometimes. Because he's like, he's like, Norm, you taking medicine today? I'm like, bro. I'm like, I'm okay. Just enjoying life. Yeah. yeah, he just thinks that, like, sometimes, because sometimes when I'm not, like, if I'm not like this all the time, people think there's something wrong. Yeah. But it's really not, you know. I'm just, some days I just want to chill. But I'm not That's allowed not to chill. You're not allowed you know? to chill. I'm not allowed to chill. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it just, I think my energy... I would hope that my energy rubs off on a lot of guys and that they know that, um, you know, you can you can still come to work every day and enjoy what you do no matter how stressful it may be at times or, you know, how things may not go your way all the time. You know, just being able to have the inspiration and have that smile on your face all the time just to show people that they haven't broken you. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned uh, your parents and their influence mm-hmm. on you and, and growing up. And um, I know that that is something that you are a big part of now is something your mom has started yeah. called successful jocks. Yep. Uh, so explain what that is and, and what she's been doing through that. Successful jocks is um, her foundation basically just to inspire, motivate, um, you know, the youth and just to show them that there is um, a possibility on the other side of the door, you know, just keeping uh, your mind clear, keeping God first and just working uh, for everything that you have and really just trusting and believing that uh, all your hard work will pay off and um, just keep motivating everybody around you. That is awesome. And uh, are you doing that for My Cause, My Cleats? Yes. Yep. I partnered with um, um, Celebrate Birthdays. It's like a foundation um, area down in, I forget what the area is, but they basically, you know, they underprivileged kids, they 
to give them birthday parties when their birthday's up. I actually went to one, I think, last summer. It Was it last summer or two? No, it was definitely last summer. Last summer. So I, it was fun. I played football with the kids outside. It was, I had a little girl on my team. She was she was cold, too. <laughs> she was cold. She had work. She, that's great. She had work. She was saucing out there. That is so cool. So why, why is this a cause that's important to you and your mom? Yeah, I mean, I just, I've always um, just loved being around kids and love inspiring and and motivating kids. I mean, I get messages all the time in my DMs about from kids like, dude, it would be the best thing in the world if you just saw this and you like this. So I'll do it. You know, like, because yeah. it's, it's cool. I know that if I was a kid and I was in the same situation and that happened to me, I know how much I would appreciate it and I know how much it would probably have inspired me or motivated me to do something or be more dedicated to what I was doing. So, you know, I just just want to keep inspiring and just keep showing people that it's possible. That's cool. And and what do you feel like you've learned since being in the NFL? And we've talked a lot about your on-the-field stuff, but mm-hmm. since coming in here as a rookie, how have you changed? How have you tried to stay the same? Just kind of who Sean Murphy Bunting is now that you've been in the league for a few years. So uh, I've really just tried to – it's more for me it's mental, you know, just being able to – not take football home with me you know obviously when I'm by myself and I'm at home I can I can watch film I can do those things but um, if I'm having a hard day at work I never really take it home and, and put it on the people that are there because uh, they had nothing to do with it you know so for me it's it, it's always been a learning curve of how to deal with stress how to deal with excitement how to deal with the hype just being able to be humble in every situation and every dilemma that I've that I've really ever been in I mean, I just try to stay grounded as much as possible, but at the same time, just being able to inspire people to kind of show them, like I said, that it's possible. You just got to put your head down and work because I wasn't a guy that had five-star offers. I wasn't a guy that had all that, and I talked about that, you know, years ago. But, you know, just building that legacy of your own name and making sure that whenever your name is brought up, people have nothing but good things to say. And I think you've done a great job of that here. We always have the good things to say Love about to Sean hear. Murphy Bunsing. All right, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. It's time for our final segment on Buccaneers Total Access, joined by cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, we were getting all introspective about you and how you've changed and learned and grown. And I would love to hear how Todd Bowles has played a role in that. I know that he got real involved in you young DBs early mm-hmm. on and trying mm-hmm. to teach you about how to how to learn football, shall we say. So tell me all the ways that Coach Bowles has influenced you in your game. Coach Bowles, Coach Bowles, Coach Bowles. Um, you know, from my first day here, first, you know, couple days here, uh, he was just on me like no other like I was like it was like I couldn't do anything right it was like everything <laughs> I did was wrong but um you know after obviously time and, and dedication you kind of know that everything that he does and everything that he preaches and teaches to you he's doing it for you at the end of the day it's not for right now but it's for not only right now but it's for now and your future you know he wants to make you the best possible football player that you can be um, not only for him because he's your coach, but for anybody that you have to play with or against. Um, but, you know, he's taught me so much about football outside of just the X's and O's. He's taught me, you know, that I got to be this type of player if I want this type of results. And if I don't dedicate my crafts to this, this, and this, then I won't be able to achieve what I really want to achieve. 
Um, and so he's done nothing but motivate me. He's got on me. He's yelled at me. We've, we've laughed together. We've got laughed, handshakes. Cried. You know, like, we haven't cried, but we've laughed. We've had handshakes. But, like, he's he's such a really good coach, man. He really motivates me uh, to be the best. And, you know, just going up to his office, I learn something every single day. And I know that if I ever needed anything outside of football, that he would definitely be there for me. That is really cool. And earlier in the show we talked about who are some of the top trash talkers on the team. Mm-hmm. Is Bulls one of them? Honestly, yeah, <laughs> but like, I can really go toe for toe with Bose. I really can. But Bose, he gets the crowd involved. <laughs> when he gets the crowd involved, you have no chance. No, he gets like, you outnumbered. He'll make sure that he'll say a joke, and he'll make sure that it's gonna be people around to hear this joke. <laughs> he won't just say it to you one on one, because then you're not gonna laugh, and it's not gonna hit the same. But he gonna say it around. He needs a peanut gallery. He gonna have somebody around, and they gonna really make you feel feel like that. feel terrible. That's why when I go to Bose, if I'm gonna if I'm going to talk trash to Bowles, I make sure I have Dean with me because that's my partner in crime when it comes to Coach Bowles. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's the two there. of you guys against yeah. him. I, he goes at Dean a lot more than me because I try to keep my mouth shut sometimes. I'll be like, oh, oh but Dean don't give it up back. Dean don't care. Dean don't care. Dean going to go at him. But that's I'm going to be like. like he, I'll, yes, sir, sir. He'll sir. tell me. He'll be like, Sean, get 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 you. Get, get Dean. Come get Dean. Come get your man. <laughs> I'll be like, Dean, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> take this L, bro. We got to go. Take the L. Yeah, That's amazing. We're talking to Sean Murphy Bunting. Now you guys have the Falcons this next week, yep. and I know that you did not get to play them the first time around, but it yep. is the second time for the team at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you remember from watching that game, and, and then now you know you're, you guys haven't really started the prep yet this week, but uh, the things you know you guys are going to have to be aware of for their offense? What do I remember? Mike Edwards. Hmm. Mike Edwards had a, a really, really, really good game. Um, but, you know, they're a really talented team. Um, they have the first-round pick in Kyle Pitts. That's uh, really good for them. I'm not really sure right now um, who's really injured on their team and who's out. Um, but from what I can remember, I know Russell Gage is a really talented player that I've had to face uh, over the past two years. So um, he's very talented. Matt Ryan, obviously, um, does what he can do. Um, and then their defense, they have a nice young defense Um especially in their secondary. So I just think that it's going to be a challenge. Obviously, it's always challenges when you're playing a team that's in within your division. So I just think that, obviously, it's going to be a battle like it always is. Now we are past Thanksgiving. We are officially into the <coughs> holiday gift-giving season. So this is something I'm going to ask every guy that comes on the show the rest of the season. Okay. Are you a good gift giver? And then who on the team would be a good and a bad gift giver? I'm a great gift giver. Course. you would be competitive about it. <laughs> I'm a great gift giver. I really think I am because I always want to go above and beyond. Because oh, it's I, a competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> honestly, though, honestly, I'm like, yeah, you're going to get this. And you know what? And you're gonna I'm going to get this, too. <laughs> I'm going to get this, too, because when you open that one, you're not even going to know you have this one. <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait. There's what is more. this? You know? That's amazing. So that's good. So who would I think would be a good gift good giver? Good or bad on the team. We need both. Ooh, this is going to be tough. I got to really think. A good gift giver. Honestly, I think a lot of guys are going to – we have some really generous, really, really generous guys on the team. You I just think, realized <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that. I watched you. I did, I did, I, I watched did. it pop into your head. You're like, I did. oh, I got it. I did. So some good – I can name a couple good gift givers. Okay. I think Devin would be a really good gift giver. It's kind of hard to say gift giver. <laughs> I think Mike Edwards would be a really good gift giver because Mike, he's got some swag, you know, and Mike, he's going to make sure you have swag. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you a gift. I think Sherm, because Sherm talks about Secret Santa so much that he what? must be a good gift giver. Because if is he's he not, organizing it for you guys? If he's not a good gift giver, Sherm is good. 
You're gonna, but I hope. He's going to hear it. He's going to hear it because he talks about Secret Santa all the time. So <laughs> I just can't wait to see what he gets, whoever he gets. Pierre Desir, he be wearing Louis every day. So I think he should be a good gift giver. Mm. But a bad gift giver, I'm not going to lie. I think it might be Dean. I knew it. Because knew Dean it. might try to give you some nautical fits because that's all he wears. Oh, so he likes, since he doesn't have swag, you don't think he'd be able to deliver the swag? Not necessarily. Mm, you didn't want to go that far. You didn't want to hit on him. I think much. Dean's swag has gotten a lot better. Over the years. I think that's something that he's learned over the past couple of years. <laughs> swag. His swag has gotten a little bit better. But I just think as far as gift giving goes, because I think Dean is more on the cheaper side than anything. Like, <laughs> Dean is more of a cheap guy, you know? Like, not cheap like, oh, I'm not going to spend this, but like, just cheap like, why would I have to do that if I can do this? Ah, uh, you know? yes. So Sounds Dean's got some, he's got, he's got something worked out with Nautica, you know, behind supply, the scenes. He's a supplier, yeah. So I think that he's going to try to finesse and get some Nautica outfits out this to us. This is great. We're going to have to hear after the Secret Santa. Because if I get a Nautica happening. t-shirt in my bag, You're I ain't going to lie. I'm going to be mad at Dean just because I know how you got this shirt. Oh, my gosh. I know how you amazing. got it. Well, Sean, as always, this was a delight. You're the best. Of Thank course. you so much for joining us, and we are so happy to see you back out there on the field. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks to all of you guys for tuning in to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network.